You're listening to a sermon podcast from Sovereign Grace Church in Bradford, Ontario. For more info, visit sovgracechurch.ca. So, I come from a land far, far away where we speak a strange language. We speak French. I'm just kidding. It's just six hours from here, but it it is a strange land. Uh, If you have not visited Quebec, I hope you do one day come and visit us. Um, As you will hear it pretty soon, English is not my first language. So thank you for being patient with me. I'll stumble through words. I'll search for my words. Uh, I've not scripted my old sermon, my old sermon, but um, I'll do my best, and God will help me. Um, I want to thank you to invite me and have me uh, share the Word of God with you. Your church is already a great blessing in my life, uh, mainly through Tim's ministry through our friendship we're developing with Joshua. And, and um, your church has already been a great blessing to pastors in Quebec through Tim's ministry. I did not ask you how many pastors if you mentored in Quebec, but more than a few now, I think. And uh, his, his ministry in my life has been life-transforming. Um, I am more, a little bit more, a man of prayer because of Tim and with his help. Um, so thank you, thank you very much, thank you very much. This is a great blessing to me. Um, in many ways, Quebec is a strange land. If you don't know the story, the history of Quebec, um, we are a small po- pocket of Gaelic, French, resistant, trying to survive with our culture uh, in a sea of Anglophones. And that's, that's part of it. And And many of us, I would say most of us, are very happy to be part of Canada. But at the same time, there is this struggle of trying to keep our culture in Quebec. Um, The church is even a smaller pocket. We are less than 1% of evangelicals in Quebec, in the whole province. I would say it's around 0.6% of the population who would be attending an evangelical church. This does not mean that we are 0.6% of Christian. We're even less than that as you can understand. So it is a strange land. It is a a strange culture. Um, um, And to give you a very, very brief idea before we we get into God's word, um, up until 1960s, 95% of Quebecers would be attending the Catholic Mass every Sunday morning. And in a few months, in 1960, Uh, that went from 95% to 10% in a few months. So that brought uh, a huge transition in the culture. We call it the smooth revolution, the smooth cultural revolution, because there were not that much violence, uh, but it changed the culture. So my grandparents attended uh, the Catholic church, then left the church, then hated the church. My parents were struggling between love and hate, toward the Catholic Church and what they understood to be Christianity. And uh, my generation, I'm 50, my generation was bitter against the Catholic Church and indifferent to Christianity. 
and the generations who are following us, they don't have a clue what Christianity is. Uh, when you see the culture here in, in Ontario transitioning toward a post-Christian culture, we've been there for at least 30 years. If you, if you talk with uh, young people on the street, most of them would not know whom between Muhammad or Jesus was on a cross. They have no clue of that. So it's really post-Christian. Most of their intuition, moral intuition, would be pagan intuitions. Uh, so when we come up with the word of God, we sound strange uh, because they don't have the same intuitions. Uh, abortion is, is obviously almost 100% accepted in, in Quebec and it feels strange to call uh, young people in the womb to be human beings. And it's just not there. They don't have that intuition. Just to give you a small uh, example of the difference. So it is a strange land in many ways. But at the same time, uh, Quebecers are renowned to be very welcoming. So I hope you will come and visit Quebec and get to know, to know us. Let me please pray. I will read uh, the Lord's scripture and we, we will uh, go in God's word. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for the great honor of bringing forth your word and your gospel this morning to this beautiful church. I praise you for all the work you have done in my life and in our lives. We have no merits to be called Christians. We have no merits to... Um, to have received so much love and attention and gifts from you. I pray that you would move through us this morning, through your word, that your spirit would enlighten us, illuminate the, the, highs of our, the eyes of our heart, that you would move our hearts for the lost, for all of our loved ones who don't know you, for the people among whom we live, I pray that you would move our hearts for missions. And I pray that you would call many amongst this church to leave them their comfort, to train themselves, and to go and preach the gospel in search of the elect. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please uh, turn, with me in, uh, turn with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I will read from the ESV uh, Version Bible from verse 1 to 10. 2 Timothy 2, 1 to 10. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
No soldiers gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he completes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal joy, eternal glory. This is the word of God. Um, Joshua asked me to share with you um, my experience in preaching the gospel for over 25 years in Quebec. Um, so a few things about me. You should know that that church is my mother church. My parents were from a Catholic background. And um, I started attending the church when I was seven. My parents got divorced when I was 12. My father went back to his old life. And my mother was faithful. I became a Christian when I was 19. My brother, younger brother, became a Christian two years later. And I entered full-time ministry, full-time pastoral ministry when I was 25 in that church. So I have the great honor to pastor that church. Most probably, I have not visited as many churches as you have. I don't know any other church than that church. So it is a great honor. Um, I thought that this passage of 2 Timothy 2 would be a good passage to share part of my experience in ministering in Quebec and also at the same time to go a little deeper in God's word and bring the blessing of God, God's word to your heart and to your mind. So here is, I, I would summarize uh, the exposition of this passage. I will really only uh, do an overview of the passage as I want to share a few things from Quebec. Um, but here is, I would summarize it. For the sake of the elect, we entrust the gospel to faithful men and send them with the grace of Jesus Christ. I'll repeat that. For the sake of the elect, we entrust the gospel to faithful men and send them with the grace of Jesus Christ. The church I'm pastoring was planted by a French missionary um, 60 years ago. And so he left France with his wife. They came in Quebec and started preaching the gospel. We oftentimes, Quebec, oftentimes say Quebec is a hard soil for the gospel. I don't think Quebecers' heart are harder than Ontario's people's heart. Uh, but at the same time, the, the culture is different. And there are some struggles there. I had the opportunity to make a small interview with a church planter before he left to be with the Lord. And he told me that they went from door to door on the whole of South Shore of Montreal, which would be around 500,000 doors, uh, 500,000 people uh, back then. And uh, they got one conversion. And from that conversion, 
they started contact tracing. And then they got a few more conversions. And that church was planted that way. So, my first point. The goal is the salvation of the elect. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. One of the, uh, the most mysterious and beautiful aspects of salvation is that you were loved before you loved God. And if you don't know that much of the gospel, that notion of election might be troubling. I understand that. But please, for now, just stay with this main idea. If you are elected, that means that you were loved before you could love God. And Paul tells us that you were loved earlier on. In, in chapter 1, verse 9, we read, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. You were loved from far before you were born, far earlier before you were born. This is one part of the struggles we have as we try and plant churches in Quebec. Up until now, we have found less than 1% of the elect in Quebec. Of Quebecers, only 0.6% have responded to the gospel. For sure, there must be more elect in that province. More people who God is calling to him through Jesus Christ. That is for sure. But we still need to find them. We're still looking for them. We're still searching them, preaching the gospel. So Paul is telling us that he endures and suffers and being, he is being enchained because of the elect. Because he has faith that the Lord is calling more and more people to him. In Quebec, we found only 0.6% of 8.5 million people who would gladly respond to the gospel. There must be more elect in Quebec, in the province of Quebec. So what do we do with, uh, with COVID? Let me illustrate it with COVID. We do contact tracing. Once we found one, what do we do? We, we reach out to their friends and we ask, maybe you have it also. And we do contract, contact tracing. This is how it works in Quebec. Um, people won't hear of the gospel on TV and radio. Um, young, young people are more and more living in an anglophone social media world. But the, the, if, if you're above 25, they live in a French world. And there, are that, there aren't that many opportunities to hear the gospel they will hear the gospel through contact, through their friends, you know? And we have to train our people to come out and talk about the gospel in a culture where it is despised, it is not well respected. 
because our story with Christianity is the Catholic Church. So we've, we've, we've uh, washed away that part of our history. We're still struggling with some stories in, in, in uh, judiciary stories with priests where there, was, there were abuses. You most probably have, have some stories like that in Ontario also. But this, for most of uh, Quebecers, is their, the, the way they see Christianity. And, and the other way they, they think of Christ, Christianity is of Donald Trump. So for them, Christianity is either a Catholic priest that might be dangerous for your kids or Donald Trump. That's Christianity. So we need to do contact tracing. We need to know to go one by one and preach the gospel from one to another. How do we do this if the goal is to find the elect amongst that so many people in Quebec who don't know the Lord? How do we do this? We do it with the gospel. The gospel is the way we detect. It's the test we're exposing people to, to find the elect. This is what we're doing. So the goal is the salvation of the elect, and the mean of their salvation is the gospel of the apostles. This is what Paul is telling us in this text. He's suffering, he's enduring all of, of those sufferings because he knows there are elects. And how does he find them? He preaches the gospel. This is the way you find elect. This is the way you find it because most of them are asymptomatic. You say this? Asymptomatic? You don't walk down the road in the street and you look, is he elect? Is he called by Jesus? He has no symptoms. No, you need to expose him to the gospel. One time, two times, three times. You need to expose him to the church. And then maybe some symptoms will start and show up because he's responsive to the gospel. The Holy Spirit is calling him. You are preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit is preaching the gospel to his soul at the same time. And he starts to, to act in a responsive way, responsive way to the gospel. So what we're seeing is If the goal is, to, is the salvation of the elect, the mean is the gospel of the apostles. Verse 10 again, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The salvation is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The way we find the elect is by exposing them as many as we can, as often as we can, to the gospel. But not any gospel. Not any gospel. The word gospel, and that's, that's an interesting part of French. Oftentimes, I don't want to insult you, but French is more precise than English. I love English. I love singing in English. But French is closer to Greek. And um, so the word gospel from, comes from, in Greek, evangelion. And we have a transliteration for that in French. Evangelion for us is evangile. I don't know if you hear the similarities. Evangelion, evangile. It's only a transliteration. And it means, it means the good news. This is what it means. 
But Paul, Paul tells us that it's not any good news. Because the good news to be a good news need to be the good news that they receive from Jesus Christ and they entrust to faithful men. Staying with my illustration with COVID, we're working, working on many vaccines. I don't, I don't know where you stand on vaccine. Pastor Tim told me that I would not be too disruptive with my illustration this morning with vaccine. But you need the right vaccine, don't you? If you want to cure people, you need the right gospel. And Paul says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. In my gospel. Not any gospel, but my gospel. The one that was entrusted to me by Jesus Christ himself and that I entrust to you, Timothy. Not any gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of Jesus as preached in my gospel. The gospel entrusted to faithful men by faithful men. Look at the verse 2. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I want to bring an idea to, uh, to your attention that we see in this text that we can understand from this text and maybe you have not realized. When, when, when Paul... Can I move around a little bit here? Yeah, okay. Um, when Paul says to Timothy... And trust the gospel to faithful men. He's not saying learn them to do their own copy of the Bible, which is the Word of God, and spread a book. This is the whole truth that we need to know from God. But Paul is not saying invite the, the, the printer. Print copies of the Bible and send them to the end of the whole world. You see, the book, which is the perfect word of God, revealed by, the, by His Holy Spirit, is not enough to know the gospel entrusted to us by the apostles. Many people use this book, the same book. And they don't have the gospel. There, there are not many differences between a Catholic uh, Bible and the Bible we use. And I can assure you, they don't preach the gospel of Paul. The burden that were on the shoulders of those people in Quebec was a legalistic gospel. It was not a good news. So when Paul says, entrust to faithful man the gospel, he's saying that the book is not enough. You need faithful teachers, knowledgeable of God's word, that will entrust to faithful man the true understanding of God's word. 
God has granted us his holy word, but we need to sit down in front, uh, before the pulpit. We need to sit down with other men and invite them to look with us in his word. And it, the, 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 the gospel is not only the book because the gospel is explained and it is always in context. This is why we open up the Bible and we talk about the Bible in our heart, in our life, in our context. And then we come to understand the gospel. You follow me? If it was only sending copies of the Bible, this would have been so much easier. We just do copies, we send them to the end of the world. But what we know is that if you don't have a man inhabited by the Holy Spirit who knows the gospel, very rarely you will hear of somebody who was alone with his Bible and came to know Christ. It happens. It's unusual, and usually they need, they need a lot of teaching from godly men to really understand the depthness of the gospel. So it's interesting to see that um, Paul was saying there are many gospels around. And we know today that many, many religions are calling themselves even Christians. But some of, them, some of them are Christian sects. They don't know the gospel. They use the same Bible we use. They don't know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you receive, you're entrusted with the gospel by godly men who have, have, uh, have studied the gospel, who were themselves entrusted by godly men, who have learned to, 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 to pour their soul in the word, but pour their souls into other lives and, and, and interact and accept to be rebuked and, and see sins in their lives. So the gospel is the truth that we are saved in Jesus Christ, but it is a truth that is applied in our life. And, and we move back and forth to God's word. And we clear, we, we get our understanding of the gospel clearer and clearer in its, in, in its doctrine, in its proposition, but it, in its application to our souls, to our families. This is what you do as parents with your children. You could give them just a, a small book where the gospel is explained there. But this is not how we entrust the gospel to your children. We need to have discussion. See their reactions in their life. See what that, that, that brings forth as we go back to God's word and we discuss with them. And then by God's grace, if God wishes... At one point, the gospel will become very clear, very personal to them. Isn't it what we're doing with our children? We don't only leave them a few books on their, on their bed, and at night we say, read your, read your Bible. Read your short biblical stories for kids. That's enough. No, no. The gospel needs to become real in discussions as we bent over the Bible. And then we get to a real understanding of the gospel.
Sorry, <clears throat> that's a reaction to the masks. <clears throat> so I see as a, a priority in the church that we have faithful men who were tested in their church, in their life, who were trained in God's word. We need to train those men to study the Bible, live in light of the gospel, and share soundly, in real orthodoxy, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is a large part of the church ministry. I was trained in my church by Richard Roll, my first pastor. He poured his life in my life. And when he had to leave, Ernest Keefe, a pioneer in Quebec, poured his life in my life for a few years. And when he had to leave, the next pastor, Claude Beaulieu, invested his life in my life. And we would go in scriptures and we would discuss about the, the gospel. And he would make sure through those discussions that he was entrusting me with the gospel of the apostles. So now it is my turn. And as it has been for at least 15 years now, it is my turn to train men and entrust them with the gospel. Train our church to study and understand the apostles' gospel. Not any gospel. And this is not only done by giving them Bibles. It is, then, it is done by training them in understanding the, the Bible. And seeing the Bible being applied in their life. Fighting and struggling through legalism or, or, or some kind of cheap and free grace. And seeing them struggle with it. Confess their sin. And then we, we, we get to see in them faithful, mature men. And we get to a place where we said, I have entrusted you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you are able now to do the same. This is a huge part of my ministry in Quebec right now as... as um, The church in Quebec went through a spiritual revival in the 1970s and 1980s. When we had that cultural revolution in Quebec in the 1960s, many left the Catholic Church, as I told you. Some of them left the Catholic Church searching for a true gospel. They responded very well to the gospel. Many of them were elect. And they raised that firstborn church in Quebec. We've went from maybe 15 churches to around 300 churches in Quebec. Um, and that first generation of pastors are all getting close to retirement now. Pastors of my generation in our fellowship, I serve in the fellowship of Evangelical Baptist Churches of Canada for the Quebec region. In my generations of pastors, I'm 50 For 80 churches, we're about five pastors. So half of our pastors will retire in five years or 10 years. 
if they, they, they tough a little longer. And the next generation were five, about five pastors. The next coming pastors are around 25. We have a huge gap. And we need to train in the next five years about 85 pastors with a population of Christians that is 0.6% of Quebec. This is a huge challenge we have before us. And the church I am pastoring is one of the most uh, stable, I would say, and mature church. We have our struggles. We have our challenges. But I'm leading a church of uh, about 400 people. We have a wonderful board of elders, mature men. And the rest of the fellowship is looking as a few, at a future's churches, uh, our church being one of them, as the main place where we are going to train pastors. So the church is becoming a seminary center. And we have pastors in training. One of our pastors just finished up his, uh, his doctorate degree. Most pastors in Quebec are not trained that as well as your pastors are. I, I finished up a bachelor's degree in theology. That's all I have. But I've been preaching the gospel, the Bible, for 25 years. This is, this is my, my study book. Um, but we have a, doc, uh, a pastor with a doctorate degree from Southern Baptist Seminary. He'll be leading and training those guys in theology. Uh, we have a counseling center, and we're training people to learn and do biblical counseling, real sound biblical counseling. Some of you knew, know of Mathieu Caron, who is leading that center. And, right, uh, and uh, lately, our fellowship has approached our church Uh, to, to bring in a uh, um, French school to welcome in missionaries from all over the world who wish to learn French and wish to learn the Quebec culture and be trained to reach out to Quebecers. So this is the calling of our church. And we are seeing guys coming from Brazil, uh, guys coming from the rest of Canada, Part of my calling is to go all, all across Canada and invite churches to pray for Quebec, to invite you to come and visit Quebec, that strange and welcoming land, and listen to our French, and maybe hear a calling for Quebec. But this starts if in your church, your pastors, your leaders, call you to be trained in the Word of God that they would impart you, entrust you with the gospel of the Apostle Paul. This starts there. So my calling for coming years will be to train pastors in our church, uh, uh, travel all across Canada, call people to be missionaries in Quebec, uh, raise up funds for, for our school, um, So the goal is the salvation of the elect. The mean is the gospel of the apostles, not any gospel. And the cost is suffering strengthened by grace. And I want to finish up with this. The cost is suffering strengthened by grace. Paul calls Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Jesus. 
embrace the suffering that comes with being a soldier of Christ for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was enchained at that moment, so he knew what he was talking about. And there will be no, no spreading of the gospel all around the world if Christians are not ready to suffer. The thought that, that came to my mind is that living is not as comfortable this year. Do you agree? We, li we go through many stress. Many are fearsome. In some ways, it's a nice way to prepare yourself for mission. We are not called as Christians to feel comfortable. And if you want to to have heads up of what is coming to you in Ontario and the rest of Canada and the States, come and visit us in Quebec. You are seeing the culture transitioning from a kind of a Christian culture, not really Christian, but fairly influenced by Christianity. And you are observing a transition in the culture where it's becoming more and more postmodern, post-Christian. Like I, like I told you earlier, we've been there for 30 years now. And if you want to have heads up of where you're heading for, come and visit us in Quebec for a few weeks. We'll be happy to welcome you, have you visit around Montreal, and talk to you more, more precisely of the culture and the reality. But what I'm getting to is that this year is not as comfortable as last year. For many of us, we're going through difficulties and stress. You know what? Christians are not, not called to, be, uh, to feel comfortable. We are called to suffer for the gospel. And if being a Christian is comfortable for you, it might be, it might be that you are not sharing the gospel enough. Because people in the culture will not all respond well to the gospel. I have not been tested for COVID. I hear it's not very comfortable. Try and preach the gospel. You'll see. Some reactions won't be, won't be good. And this is good. This is the way we are called to live. If your life, if your Christian life is very comfortable, you're always talking about the Bible and the gospel where you're in the presence of Christians, something's missing. Something's wrong. You are called to suffer for the gospel if you have been entrusted with the gospel of the apostles. But the wonderful thing I see in this passage is the verse 1. And this is where I go more and more as years are passing by. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You have to know Jesus Christ to know that um, there is strength you find by laying in his grace. As you learn to to contemplate the beauties of the gospel. As you have heard the gospel and as you became Christian, you had no idea how profound and deep and beautiful 
is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we grow in grace, we learn to lean in the grace of Jesus Christ. And this is where we find our strength. So maybe a call to you if you're not Christian. If you're not Christian and you started attending this beautiful church, most probably the Holy Spirit is already talking to you, attracting you. We don't search God. He searches us. And we respond in grace. And if you are not yet Christian, you are used to find your strength not in the grace of Jesus Christ, but in yourself. And we don't have that much strength. One of the beauties of becoming becoming a Christian is that you learn to find your strength in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And for you Christians, I want to tell you that I've been serving that church for 25 years. Um, And there are many years where we don't see that many converts. But I still am full of joy when uh, when I go up and I preach the gospel. I still am full of joy when I preach the gospel to Quebecers who might not react well. And this joy I keep because I find my strength in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. I will finish up with a small story that I shared uh, with, uh, with Tim last night. Just to encourage you as... The Lord is calling you to preach the gospel. And maybe the Lord is calling you to train yourself to preach the gospel and plant churches. And maybe the Lord is calling you to come and visit us in Quebec and serve in Quebec in this strange and far land. Um, The Lord has been opening up uh, beautiful doors for the gospel in Quebec lately. We've seen for the last maybe five years Doors opening up in chaplaincy. The reality with the Catholic Church that is almost dead in Quebec is that many, many uh, opportunities to be chaplain in replacement for a Catholic priest are opening up. It could be in funeral homes. It could be uh, serving with police. It could be in schools, hospitals, many places. And uh, I have been working with our uh, police department for a few last years, uh, last few years, and, and uh, the Lord has opened up uh, a door just wonderful because our, our, our um, police chief is very progressive and he, he wants the police, the policemen to get closer to uh, uh, ethnic minorities and, and uh, religions. So I've, I've had the opportunity to, to come closer and closer to them and, and serve with them. And uh, maybe a month ago, the social worker from the police department whom I worked most with called me and he said, Yannick, we've had a case of a young man. He's 19. He says he's a Christian, but he he was becoming radicalized. And he he committed frauds, financial frauds, and now with fake identities, he was trying to uh, buy guns. And the police got to know that. He was arrested Uh, his case might fall into the hand of the RCMP. And if it gets there, 
his life is broken uh, because he'll, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be categorized, you know, for the rest of his life. So I've managed. So my friend, Farid, who's a liberal Muslim, but a good friend. We talk of the gospel often. He's the social worker. Farid called me and he said, uh, I got the judge to put in his judgment that he, this young man has to sit down with an evangelical pastor to see if he could get to understand the gospel that is not radical and violent. So it's been my pleasure to sit with that, this young man and go through the word and try and get him to understand the gospel of Paul, the real good news, not any good news. So please pray for me and this young man as we keep on studying uh, God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So please let me pray for you as the Lord is leading you to serve in, in this region and that the Lord will call many in this church to study God's word and be entrusted with the gospel of Paul, the gospel of the apostles, that one day you might be sent. Who knows, maybe in Quebec. Heavenly Father, we want to praise you for your love and your kindness. Who are we that you would have loved us even before the world was created? In Christ Jesus. Who am I? That you would have loved me. Even before I was born. I praise you for your patience. And your kindness. with your church as we learn to grow in the gospel. And I pray that this church, under the leadership of these wonderful pastors, godly men, would grow in its love of the gospel, would grow in its understanding of the gospel, would grow in living in light of the gospel, that you would entrust many men from this church to be sent wherever you lead, you lead them and share the gospel in search of the elect that you have loved from long time ago. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.